This episode is sponsored by The Joy Method. What is The Joy Method? It is a nine-week transformational program created by my dear friend, Stephanie Rochelle. The past year and a half has been absolutely nuts, right? We are currently going through so many ups and downs, and I found that I've shifted a bunch during this time. Maybe you have too. Maybe you have new dreams, new goals, and you just have no idea how to start them. That is where the joy method comes in. Stephanie is a two-time guest of this show, and she developed this program after she went through her own deeply transformational process. This program is all about taking a deep dive into those things that are holding you back. How can you finally unblock those things and achieve your happiness and your goals? Listen, being afraid of your potential is just not on the table for us anymore. It's time to make your dreams a reality. Now is the time. I also want to mention that Stephanie is launching her scholarship program for the Joy Method. She created this scholarship program to have equity in the joy method so you can go to her instagram and you can apply tomorrow august 11th is when the scholarship launches so you can apply to be a part of the cohort as well so how can you sign up you can head to stephanieverschow.com the joy method you can head to the link in these show notes in the episode and you can head to my instagram and click the link in my bio to register I also want to mention Stephanie is offering payment plans so no one feels left behind. She wants to make sure this process is equitable for as many people as possible. Also, if you're not sure yet, if you want to be a part of the Joy Method, you can head to Stephanie's Instagram and get to know her a bit more. She is truly all about authentic connection and she'll be talking a bunch more about the program on her Instagram. If you do sign up, just make sure to let her know I sent you. Cheers to your joy, my friend. Now let's pop into the show. Growing Woman. My name is Christina Singh and I am the host of Growing Woman, which is a podcast all about amplifying and uplifting women's voices and stories. Listen, I am so grateful that you are listening to this show right now. I am so grateful you're here. Thank you so much for your time, for your ears, for your spirit, for your energy. I feel it all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am just so excited for this week's episode. I chatted with Haley Kava. She is a pelvic floor physical therapist, and I really, really love Haley. (laughs) I found Haley on Instagram, and I was in my postpartum period, and I was, you know, scrolling, I think, while I had my baby literally maybe nursing on me. I don't remember, but... Uh, I was scrolling and I saw a post of hers having to do with pelvic health and having to do with like laying down on your stomach. Like, and I just remember being like, oh my God, this person understands me. (laughs) And so ever since I have been following Haley and she is so funny. Uh, Her content is so straightforward. We talk so much about pelvic health, obviously in this episode, but so much more about like the deeper 
uh, problems behind uh, access to pelvic uh, floor physical therapy. We talk about, you know, this expectation for us, you know, who either have been pregnant or have given birth or maybe are athletes or are getting, you know, up there in age, like how there's just this expectation for folks to be like incontinent (laughs) and how that really needs to be addressed and how, you know, pelvic floor health is really, really important for all of us and um, particularly for people who have vulvas. So I am really, really grateful for Haley coming on the show and just so, so excited for you to hear her story and for you to learn more about pelvic floor health. I hope this inspires you to uh, start your own pelvic floor health journey because it really does make such a difference in your overall health. Enjoy this wonderful, beautiful episode with Haley. Haley, welcome to Growing Woman. I am so, so excited to have you here. Um, Welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm excited to be here. You are so welcome here. And I um, follow you on Instagram. I follow you online. And um, one of your Instagram reels popped up and I had just had a baby and you were talking about um, the like glory that comes from being able to lie down on your stomach after you've given birth and like how important it is to put pressure on your stomach. And I was like, follow, instant follow (laughs) because your content just resonated so much with me because you are a pelvic floor physical therapist, correct? Yes, Yes, that's right. Awesome. So how did you get into pelvic floor physical therapy? Uh, Um, You know, how, how did this happen for you? Because it's obviously so needed, so necessary, but what is your story around it? Yeah. So I, um, I was a division one volleyball player. I played volleyball at Syracuse university and, um, was always an athlete my whole life. And because of injuries that I had had and, and just my experience with athletics, I knew I wanted to get into rehabilitation in some, some capacity. Um, and so I went to physical therapy school and became a physical therapist and started working in sports medicine, uh, and working with other, other athletes. And the, the place that I was working at actually in Canada uh, was really big on post-operative rehabilitation. So post-op ACLs, uh, Achilles tendon ruptures, like really big life-changing events. Um, so an athlete tears their, their ACL. It's like a big, it's a big um, process of yeah. mourning and rehab and surgery and all of that. And so um, that, those sort of like big rehab events was like my, my, what I loved to do. Um, and, and we had, I wouldn't say we followed like protocols, like to the letter, but we had research that supported how we help someone navigate post-operative recovery. Um, and then, so I, you know, that's where I worked for a number of years and then decided I wanted to grow our family. I got married to my husband we decided we wanted to grow our family and, um, I just figured that I was an athlete. I would, you know, be pregnant. Pregnancy wasn't so bad. And then, um, labor and birth 
was crazy. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, like, or just, I don't know if it was atypical, but just, uh, no, it's not. I was yeah. shocked, <laughs> like shocked by the whole thing and shocked that our pelvic floor and our core and our body, really the central parts of our body could go through such dramatic shifts and such dramatic changes, but the support and information that existed or that exists to support the recovery from something like that was limited. Yes. You know, so we have tons and tons and tons of research on post-op ACL. We have, you know, limited research on postpartum recovery, uh, pelvic floor it's recovery. It's wild to me. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so someone who wanted the evidence and wanted the, the guidelines and all of a sudden they had no guidelines and very little support and the pelvic floor PT that I sought out told me not to like ever lift anything again or you know, not to run and, and or what? jump. And I was like, well, that's not really going to happen. So I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> and so uh, after, um, I, I can't remember how old my little guy, my, my older son was probably approaching a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I took my first public floor class and started to learn all about the public floor. I, um, I, didn't take the women's health elective in PT school because I thought like, ew, vaginas, I don't want to do that. I don't want to deal with pee and poop. <laughs> and, um, and now, you know, that's what I do all day long. You talk about vaginas <laughs> all day now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, like it has become such a, uh, it's to, you know, you start talking about things and you start learning about things and the less taboo or the less unknown there is, yeah. um, the cooler it becomes totally uh, versus it being scary or, um, gross or anything like that. Yeah. 100%. I love, um, this experience because, uh, when I had my son, when I got pregnant, I had a really rough pregnancy physically on my body. Like I, um, had really bad pelvic girdle pain. And I, um, remember you also posted a video about pelvic girdle pain. And I was like, I wish I had had this. I wish I'd found you when I was pregnant (laughs) because Uh some of the exercises, even just watching you do them, I was like, Oh my God, that probably would have been like, so relieving for my body. But I just remember going into my doctor's office and telling her I was in a lot of pain and a lot of, um, you know, I felt like, people would ask me, how are you? Like, how are you feeling? And I would say, well, it kind of feels like I'm walking on popsicle sticks and they're like being held together by like spit, like anything could break (laughs) at any moment. Like, and I was in a lot of pain and a lot of people around me weren't talking about that with their pregnancies. Or, um, when I went to my doctor, she said, oh, that's normal. Like that's normal pain. And I just realized, like, I don't think this is normal. And, and and I also feel like I probably need more support and I needed more support during that time. And I think when you experience something, like you were saying, your birth was really intense and quite traumatic, um, which birth is, you don't really know until you're there. Um, and so can you kind of describe... Um, what that transition looked like for you. Did you step away from your role um, to take care of your son and then you went back into physical therapy or were you working throughout? Um, yeah, so I, um, I went back to work. At, he was 
maybe 12 weeks ish. And I'm definitely dealing with a lot of um, postpartum anxiety and that I I didn't know that that's what it was. I just thought that that's what all postpartum people felt like. Um, And like not sleeping and uh, lots of uh, breastfeeding challenges and also a healing, you know, body. And, um, and my plan was to go back, start part-time and then, you know, add hours and add hours. And, um, and I never actually went back full, full-time one, because I, um, you know, was privileged and that I, that was an option. Like I, um, and that, um, also the childcare situation in our area. Yeah, of course. So, um, but I felt like when I was away from him, I was like, if I'm going to be away from him, I was just still working in general orthopedic practice. Mm -hmm. Um, and if I'm going to be away from him, I really want to be doing something that feels like it's doing the best I'm doing what I really love to do. Of course. Yeah. And, and so as, as soon as, um, a lot of pelvic floor PTs, um, want to keep their foot in orthopedics like they don't want to go like all in pelvic health because they think they're going to get kind of too pigeonholed into pelvic health or get it's it's um it's hard it's emotional and it's draining work Um, yeah and so they they try to keep their their feet in in both orthopedic world and pelvic health world and I was like the opposite. <laughs> I was like, You're like my whole leg, my whole body is going in. all the way in because, um, because it's moms are athletes. I know. know. Mom, and, and they deserve, um, really good evaluation and really good comprehensive whole body approach to their their rehabilitation because again it's not just about the pelvic floor there's so many things changing in your rib cage and your breathing and your hips and your feet right like your feet spread out your um your your, like yeah everything changes um in your whole body and so um what becoming a pelvic floor pt was for me was basically saying that I wanted to work with birthing people and wanting, and that that was the, um, and that, yeah, that every, yeah, sure. Everybody has a pelvis, but like this population needs more, (laughs) needs more support and needs more help. And, um, yeah, that's what I, I just went for it. So I, so I was unhappy working crazy hours, seeing orthopedic patients until I could take that first public floor class. And then once I took that, I was like, that's all I'm doing. (laughs) Can we talk about that? Like, so what was, what is a pelvic floor class? Like what happens in a pelvic floor class and what happened to you once you took that class? Yeah. So, um, so there's to become a, uh, call your, I think to call yourself a pelvic floor physical therapist, you need to be able to do an internal examination of the pelvic floor muscles. So whether it's vaginally or rectally, you can assess how the muscles of the pelvic floor are functioning. And so our core, or when we look outside of the the pelvic floor it's our pelvic floor like is at the bottom so i'll have my i don't you yes see this, this is awesome this is the the pelvic floor we'll post this bottom. on youtube <laughs> <laughs> so the pelvic floor is the bottom part right we have our urethra our vagina and our in our rectum or anus and um 
and that's the bottle oh, I'm it's falling apart. <laughs> so that's the bottom yeah. part. Okay. And so a pelvic floor physical therapist and what you kind of learn when you're first starting out as a public floor PT is like how to evaluate these muscles directly. Okay. So how to get really confident with um, your examination of these muscles of the vulva of this, you know, the skin of the contraction and relaxation. Is there any painful areas? How are the nerves in this area functioning? So getting comfortable um, and familiar with all different types of vulvas and, and what, how they all are look so different and they're all perfect in, in their, in every way. Yeah. And so that's really what you start to, you know, you learn as a, as a, um, pelvic floor physical therapist, we learn on each other. So really, you don't, mm-hmm, you don't learn on a model. You don't learn on a, uh, I mean, you could study a, a pelvis, but, um, in, in our, in these classes, you, there was probably a room of 50 physical therapists and you get partnered up and, um, you're in a big room <laughs> and what? yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, I would assume everyone has consented obviously to this yeah, and like that everyone's yeah. like really cool with this, like, yeah, but that's yeah. just such a wild thought. Yeah. Okay. Go on. And, <laughs> and so you, um, yeah, you learn to, you learn these techniques on other physical therapists who want to learn how to do this. And so also it's good we like to let our patients know, like we've gone through this ourselves, like yeah. we, what this, this feels like, we know what it's like to be in your position. And, um, and so the, they kind of set up the classrooms usually in like a, like a ring of, of people and the, the TAs and the teachers are kind of circulating around. And I always like to tell my, my clients, this is like, you first, you get your sheet, you get a sheet and you kind of, in your Chuck's pad and all that. And your um, at the first lab, everyone's really like kind of nervous and like yeah. has their sheets kind of on them and cause there's tension. <laughs> and, and then by the end of the class, you're like, I call it walking around Winnie the Pooh style, right? Like you've got your <laughs> shirt on and no, <laughs> no bottoms. And you're just like, whatever. <laughs> That's such a great way to put uh, it. Yeah. And so um, I mean, honestly, then, goals for all of us, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like culture, like, yeah, culturally, we're, we're we don't really look at other people's vulvas. Yes. Often. And so, um, it, yeah, it's a really, really cool experience to get really comfortable, one, with your own anatomy, two, with knowing that we are all different, we're all yeah. normal, we're all organized in maybe slightly different ways, but but still right. Um, and, yeah. and um, yeah, so then you, um, yeah, you, you learn, you learn on your, your friends and your neighbors in the class and get really, uh, comfortable. So what you're doing is you're understanding how those muscles feel. Um, you know, you're, I'm assuming communicating with people while you're doing this mm-hmm. and understanding what that, um, process feels on you and how, um, it might feel for someone else. Um, I also like, I got chills when you were just saying, um, every, what like vulvas are different and unique and right. Like everyone's, everyone's vulva is right. Just the way it Mm -hmm. is. And, Mm -hmm. um, I think that is so beautiful because, um, yeah, we're not really all Winnie the Pooh style in, um, a room full of other people exploring in this way and learning in this way. So I think hearing, that from a professional, um, is very reassuring, um, because I think there is a lot of obvious, um, 
sensitivity and, and vulnerability in showing someone and, and doing that with someone. How did oh, you oh. feel after yeah. you went through this experience and um, what happened? Did you have to take, how many classes did you have to take after that? Yeah. So, so um, there are, there's a path, there's two pathways of like, cert, like certification you can take. So I'm kind of all, working my way through kind of certifying. Um, but really after that first course, you can kind of function as a, as a public floor. I see. Therapist. Okay. And then as I, um, outside of the public floor, I practice what's called postural restoration. Mm. And it's another sort of subspecialty of physical therapy that is really whole, whole, whole body approach. So I like to integrate um, both of those skills that that really does help give you a perspective on how the whole system should function together um, versus being kind of isolated, you know, uh, in the cave of the pelvic floor, but also being able to take this global look at um, and maybe how are we moving and how is that impacting our pelvic floor? Because a lot of times the symptoms that we have at our pelvis or a pelvic floor is like the victim. And um, the victim of birth potentially or muscle imbalances, other places. And so, and so we need to be able to take both a ma- micro and macro macro look at our, all of our clients. Yeah. Um, yeah. How did you feel uh, once you started going through this? Because you had been told that you couldn't lift weights or you couldn't, you shouldn't do certain things. So how did your body change? Like, how did you feel yeah. yourself? Yeah. So, um, so I had, after my, my son, I had, um, a grade two bladder prolapse. Um, and so, um, but what I've, what I've learned through that process is, um, yeah, that we are incredibly capable of healing and we are, have, we have so much potential for healing and that my background in orthopedics and, and, you know, sports medicine, kind of was like, well, if, if we need strong muscles and we need a strong body, and that's going to be protective of all sorts of things, not just prolapse, but bone, den- you know, b- b- bone fractures down the, the line, longevity in our le- you know, life in general down the line, strengthening can, and getting stronger in my whole body is only mm. going to be helpful for improving pelvic floor function. Right. And so, um, and so integrating postural restoration techniques, which is like heavily breathing based and, and talks a lot about the diaphragm and our, and really getting our diaphragm, which is at the bottom of our lungs and our abdominals and our pelvic floor, all really functioning well together. And then layering that in with just good strengthening principles, um, with the whole, the whole body. Um, and so, um, was able to, yeah, to get symptom free of that, that prolapse of that feeling of heaviness or that feeling like bladder wasn't emptying all the way. Right. Um, and, and then get back to playing volleyball and jumping and running and, and playing. And, and so it is, it is incredibly possible and doesn't mean that it's not work. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't have its ups and downs on the journey, but, um, but it can be done. Yeah. I think, first, thank you for sharing that. And I love that, um, you take a whole bodied approach, um, because 
obviously when you are pregnant and you are giving birth, it affects your whole body and it affects your mental state. I um, have postpartum anxiety. And so I can definitely relate to so much of what you're saying. Um, I also feel like a lot of what you're talking about too, and, and from your experience is around time. And it takes a lot of time for your body to heal um, post-pregnancy, like postpartum, post-birth. Um, and I remember, uh, I think there's just the standard like six to eight weeks and you'll be good. And that was not my experience. Um, you know, even after, you know, my son will be 10 months this week and I still, you know, if I go for a really, really long walk, I can still feel soreness and my body's still healing in ways. And so not to mention the mental aspect of all of this as well. Um, from your experience, what does time typically look like for people in this process and, and how, how does that factor into the work that you do? Yeah. So, so if we think about, again, I kind of call back to some of these like orthopedic, I think there's a train maybe going past me shortly. So I just, oh, you're all good. <laughs> so if it's Listen, noisy, just I'm in Brooklyn. <laughs> I know. <laughs> all too um, well. <laughs> so if we think about kind of the ACL, right? So you think about, you hear about athletes who kind of go through this ACL surgery process. It is a, you know, long process. And those, those athletes are, I guarantee you are seeing their PT and seeing their athletic trainer and their strength coach, like multiple times a day, if not multiple times a week. And they're, they're on programs and they're on, they're following these guidelines and they're really working toward that, that progression. Yeah. When we have a, uh, when we birth a baby um, and we're told to rest for six weeks and then carry on, um, <laughs> like we would never do that in a case of orthopedic surgery, never. In fact, the research supports that prehabilitation, so pre-surgery rehab improves outcomes and that we start post-op day zero. So as soon as someone comes out of surgery, whether it's a knee replacement or ACL surgery, they are starting to do activation of the muscles around their knee, around their hip, um, working on gentle mobility of those things right away. Yeah. Because our muscles, if we don't use them, right, they, they don't, they're not gonna just jump back on and get bigger again. Um, people who have knee surgery, their quad muscle just like shrinks down to nothing. And so it takes really concerted effort to, to get that back online and stronger and stronger. It's, it's not all that different for our core and pelvic floor muscles and even our hip muscles or glute muscles postpartum. And yeah. so if we do nothing except for a lot of sitting and a lot of feeding and a lot of nursing, it's gonna impact how our muscles are functioning overall and that we're going to lose muscle mass and we're going to lose endurance. And, and so, um, we, yeah, we, we deserve support in that healing process really maybe right from the get go. Yes. I, mm -hmm. I, I feel like I could talk to you for hours about this. Um, <laughs> I genuinely, feel like women are so unsupported in this area, um, and unsupported during pregnancy. And we all have to do like scramble to do all of this research and like find 
all of these resources and these answers that are best for us. Um, I feel fortunate that I did have, I did have good care and I had gestational diabetes during pregnancy. And so I had extra care and I felt really fortunate around that because it was really great care. And yet I was learning information that I just felt like every person who is giving birth should know. And I also felt like, you know, postpartum is actually really physical. I was not just sitting and nursing and I was walking. I mean, I was walking around trying to get my son to go to sleep or like soothing him. Um, You know, when you're nursing, you're hunched over and like, I actually found it to be incredibly physical and very confusing that there was a recommendation to not move because I remember needing to walk to soothe my child. Mm -hmm. So I, I would love your thoughts on like the mixed messaging here. And, um, you know, what do you feel like, uh, people who are giving birth need, right. Mm -hmm. Like during this process. Yeah. So the, so, um, whenever I, I have some good friends who are obstetricians and when, um, when I've done, um, like talking events for, for their, their groups to try to, you know, convince them to refer their patients to physical therapy. And I'm, you know, going over the anatomy of the pelvic floor and the, you know, how the pelvic floor works. And, and they're always like, oh, I feel awful. I'm, I'm a obstetrician, but they never really taught us about the pelvic, pelvic floor. And, and it's, so, and I, and I'm like, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. You guys are surgeons, right? You guys are organ specialists. You're, you can, you can do these incredible surgeries and you take on an incredible amount of risk in your profession, um, caring for birthing people. But like, so, so when they're giving you these recommendations, it's based on their knowledge of organ function, the, the uterus healing and um, like risk, right? So risk for infection, risk for bleeding or clots or hemorrhaging. And, and that's what their focus is on when they give those, those recommendations. Yeah. The recommendations aren't based on pelvic floor function or even really kind of whole body function or pain or anything like that, because that's really not what they specialize in. So usually what I tell them (laughs) is like, you know, that patient that keeps coming to you and telling you that they're uncomfortable or telling you that they're peeing on themselves or the patient that keeps coming back and it's kind of annoying you like, hello, I'm here. That's who I, that's who I need to see. That's who you need to be like recognizing that, that it's maybe something that's outside of your wheelhouse as a birth provider and totally in my wheelhouse as a physical therapist because I can't do surgery on a uh, I, I don't know I don't can't do that <laughs> I don't want to do that <laughs> you're like I'm not uh, a surgeon <laughs> yeah I'm not as, like you guys have an incredible amount of knowledge and training and skill in and let's let's max let's force multiply with each other right right um and so ACOG changed their guidelines uh I want to say like uh, probably two years ago now, if not a little longer, that they recommended an earlier postpartum follow-up mm. and in addition to the six-week follow-up. So um, so that they were, you were getting a, a continuum of care postpartum versus no care postpartum until six yeah. weeks. 
Um, and what I saw happen in our community is that then women were getting a four week appointment and no, and then that's it. Um, and oh, so wow. there has been some, the intention of that, the intention of that early appointment, I think was good and that we wanted to capture women a little bit earlier in their healing process. But in, in reality, it didn't, didn't happen. And that usually comes back to billing and insurance and all that stuff. So, yeah. so, um, but as, if as physical therapists are so well positioned to really help and support in that early healing journey, um, yeah, like prevention, like bring us on for prevention, bring us on for just general education. And that's why I have Instagram. <laughs> that's why I put, yeah. try to put as much information as possible. Cause I, I believe that I believe that this is not rocket science. It's, it's something that we should all know. And so it's not something that, um, yeah, I want to, I want to dump as much of that inter- information out on the internet as I can. Right. Absolutely. And I think, um, what you're talking about around, like there needs to be care throughout pregnancy and then postpartum is so key because I feel like I would have felt more supported if my, um, doctor had said, oh, if you're uncomfortable, I have a pelvic floor physical therapist that I could refer you to. Why don't you could go have a session and just see how you're feeling. And that would have been wonderful to just know I had that resource instead of having to hunt for one and try and find it, especially in the midst of being pregnant during a pandemic, like that would have been really nice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I think having those resources, um, are so needed because women don't know about where I, the thing I've found about pregnancy is that there's this weird suck it up energy. Like there's this weird around pregnancy and birth. Like there's energy around like fostering every moment, making sure you're okay. And then there's also this strange, like keep it behind closed doors. Let's not talk about it sort of energy. And mm-hmm. I think that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, agree. I, <laughs> yeah. I am not about that because mm-hmm. You're, there are millions of people around the world who are going through this and to have millions and millions of people be wholly unsupported just feels so unacceptable to me because of, um, you, let's call it out, the patriarchy. Like I just feel like oh, it's yeah. so yeah. bad. You know, it's just so damaging and mentally damaging mm-hmm. for so many people. Um, so I do really appreciate you saying like, like giving listeners like the reasoning behind all of these things and really treating it like any other sort of um you know client or or patient you might be seeing and saying like hey if you're getting out of surgery you're going to need care um from the moment you're before mm-hmm. surgery and then day 0 like you said yeah. um yeah. from your work you have now said you've brought a ton of your content on Instagram and online. And that's obviously how I found you. And, um, I love your content. I think it is just so, uh, it resonates so much with me and I reson- I know it resonates with so many people as well. What did you start to see from people who were watching your videos and, um, what did you start to hear from people who were watching your videos about, cause you really do like hands-on instructional like stuff that you know talks about stuff that's like not so uh glamorous either yeah so what did you start to see in here um just that 
I, I, I hear a lot of like, yeah, why did nobody, why did nobody tell me this? Or, or I didn't even know that pelvic floor physical therapy was a, was a thing. Um, I thought that, yeah, I thought this was a normal part of, of pregnancy, or I thought that this was a normal part of just giving birth and, and having a child. Um, and, and yeah, Instagram has been like a, a really cool place for, for people who do similar work to me is like getting that out, out there. And, and so then, um, then clients, I, my favorite messages that I get are you convince you seeing your stuff made me reach out to my local PT and I've been seeing them for a couple of weeks and I'm feeling so much better. And mm. it's like, Oh, like that's, the, that's it. Like, that's the goal. That's the goal is that, that women are informed about their bodies and that they are, they are empowered to yeah. know what is right and what is not right. Common and normal uh, are not the same thing. Right. right. So, so if we look at the future down the line, um, the economic impact of stress urinary incontinence is tremendous. Really? All cause mortality. Like, so if we look at um, aging women, women who have uh, urinary incontinence or in pelvic floor dysfunction, say prolapse, whatever, are going to die younger and are going wow. to need more care um, as they age. They're more likely to fall and break a hip. There, um, there's, there is so much long-term impact. It's not, it's not just about being able to exercise now. It's about being able to live a long and healthy life. And so, um, yeah, like it's crazy. There's, there's a um, pelvic floor, um, the vagina coach. She talks about pad math. Okay. Yeah. So like if a box of incontinence pads costs $10 and you need, you know, two of those a week for 50 years. Oh my gosh. You know, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, then you need special long-term care. Like, you know, it's that kind of stuff that, that really tipped the scale for me into getting into this work because it, yeah, it's, it's not just about being able to like be fit and, and look good postpartum and heal your abs postpartum. It's being able to, yeah, live a long life. Right. Cause there's always that joke about the sneezing and peeing and yeah. like, I, you know, you're kind of, you're convincing me right now that I might need to go see a pelvic floor physical therapist because, you know, there are times where I, you know, when you sneeze and you're like, Oh, did I pee? No, I didn't win. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. And I just feel like that's also now that I'm thinking about it, really sad. Like, really. I think it's not about okay. one. So uh, even in female, young female athletes, uh, stress incontinence is incredibly rampant. Yeah, uh, but I think it's like fifty percent of like young gymnasts have urinary incontinence or pelvic floor, some form of pelvic floor dysfunction. One in four women will have pelvic pain sometime in their life, and so it's. <laughs> Um, there's this movement right now of, uh, pelvic health, you know, this, this, it's not a niche. Like, no, this is, this is not a, a specific niche area. This is 
one, 100% of the people in the world have a public floor. 50% of those are women. And then whatever percentage of that, you know, have children. Um, yeah, this is a significant portion of the population we're talking about. Yes. And so, um, yeah, it's, it, it's really important. <laughs> it's very important and it needs more support and more fun. It, from what you're telling me and from everything that we've been talking about, it needs more support like this particular area. And um, if you're educating surgeons on this particular area, it needs more support. And because when you're going to see your OB, um, there should be resources out there for people who need them in this area. And there should be, you know, more follow-up to help people who are giving birth uh, postpartum. So, when um, you create these videos and when you create this content for your page, um, what is most important to you when, when you create something? Um, I'm trying to make it funny. You are very funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I like, um, so that's, that's kind of one part of it. Um, so, so before reels, I, I mean, I did have Instagram before Reels, but it was um, something about like the timing of Reels and the music and like my, my how my brain works, it just kind of <laughs> fit all together. I, ideally, I'm looking for people to understand yeah. um, what I'm talking about, because I think sometimes um, it's hard to flip from like physical therapist brain into like, what, how, how does everyone understand this? Um, and so trying to elevate the language and talk about anatomy without losing people. And, and that's, a, that's difficult for me sometimes. Um, so one that people understand and that two, then they can feel confident with that nugget of information they have and maybe apply it to their own body. Or if it doesn't apply to their own body to then just get like the wheels turning a little bit. Mm. So, okay, well, I know this is a thing. This is what the Haley's saying on, on Instagram and I'm having that, that problem. Um, maybe I'll try the things she suggested, or you know what, maybe I'll just go see a physical therapist or maybe I'll bring it up to my, to my provider. But also knowing that most states have direct access, Mm. meaning you don't need to go back to your doctor to go to a physical Mm. therapist. You can just go straight to the physical therapist um, and take out the, that middleman, take out that cost of that appointment. Don't worry about it <laughs> yeah. um, because your insurance generally will, will cover it. Um, uh, and so uh, th- it depends on your state. Like I would definitely check of with course, your, yeah. your state. Um, but yeah, most states are direct, direct access. So, um, so the, the goal of that is I see that I now have a problem. I'm validated in feeling like that this is something that I can get better at because the dismissal of that's just a part of being a mother now, um, isn't acceptable. Mm -hmm. I think is negligent. Um, and so I don't need to go back to that provider that dismissed me. I can just go straight to someone who can help me. 100%. And I feel mm-hmm. like the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, oh my God, so many people are not supported. So many people are going to their doctors and saying I'm uncomfortable or I have a, you know, bladder prolapse or I have, yeah. you know, um, 
the traumatic birth story and an experience where I'm not feeling good mm-hmm. and they're not being listened to. Um, how, so you've given us some examples on how people can advocate for themselves. You don't need to actually go to your doc. You can go directly to a provider, check with your insurance and see, you know, how you can be supported in that way. If people want to learn, like maybe they are thinking something might be going on with their pelvic floor, they might need more support. Um, what is the best way to kind of understand if they do need that support? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the best time to, um, get like evaluated is when you have no problems, honestly, (laughs) whether it's early pregnancy or even postpartum, even if you're feeling pretty good, it's like not at that time to like get your car checked, you know, go in for a tune up or um, just get a baseline of how things are feeling, learn about your body, learn about your anatomy. Um, And that's really, that's really cool, like preventative care. Um, I'd say my clients that come in pregnancy in the absence of any problems or maybe a little discomfort, we work through that. Um, like I see them far less postpartum mm. because they like have all the tools that they learned in pregnancy. And then we, we talked about effective pushing strategies in labor, effective pain management strategies for labor. And so then, you know, hopefully birth and and labor go more smoothly. Um, There is good evidence to support that, that prenatal support improves, you know, birth outcomes. That's what I was going to ask you next. Yeah. Yeah. So perennial massage, for example, is just one one example of um, uh, a strategy that a pelvic floor PT could teach a client, or you can learn by (laughs) watching on Instagram and, and it has been shown in research to decrease tearing in first time moms. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, easy way to decrease your healing time postpartum and, and maybe make that transition back to whatever activities you want to do easier. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Not, so, not, Oh, sorry. sorry go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> no, like, yeah. So another example would be uh, how we breathe when we push. So open mm-hmm. glottis or mother directed pushing or birthing person directed pushing Um, versus purple pushing, right? Breathe in, tuck your chin, wrap around the baby and bear down and push down is, has a greater impact on the pelvic floor versus um, allowing spontaneous pushing to happen or open glottis pushing, meaning that we're, we're blowing out as we're, as we're pushing is, Mm -hmm. is protective of the pelvic floor. And so um, there's lots of different, um, different ways that we can be, take a preventative standpoint. I also think, uh, all of these things that you're talking about is, uh, advocating for ourselves when it comes to our care. Um, and you know, I'm even thinking about when I was giving birth, I did the chin down and, you know, pushed and I did tear. Um, it wasn't like I was not fully expecting any of, you know, tearing, but I remember I did have an epidural. And so, you know, I couldn't really move around. And, um, so that I feel like there and in that moment, um, it is hard to advocate for yourself because you're giving birth to a human. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so um, I'm curious what, because you have multiple children, correct? Mm-hmm. I have um, two, yeah. Two. So what was your uh, second birth experience like after you had 
started this work and, um, you know, you had become, you know, more aligned with like your whole body and, and your pelvic health. Yeah. I, um, I had to do a, a, yeah, a good amount of processing my first, my first birth, um, before even thinking about having a second, yeah. second baby. Um, I, um, thought my kids would be closer together. They're, they're three years apart, which is perfect. And I'm happy and yeah. both great. Um, but, um, that wasn't what I maybe pictured in my mind when I, when I first, you know, thought about my family. Um, and so one of the big things that, um, couple of the big things were I went to a completely different hospital and a completely different group of providers. Um, I, um, it's really important to feel safe when you're giving birth. And it wasn't that anyone in particular, you know, did wrong by me in my, with my first birth, but because it was traumatic to me. And I, and that's the definition of a traumatic birth Yes, (laughs) that if you believe it's traumatic, it's traumatic. There's, there's no amount of like peril that's required. Yeah. And so, um, completely different hospital group of midwives hired a doula and did a lot more mental preparation for birth actually than probably Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe about the same amount of physical preparation, but the second pregnancy was throughout a pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. And so I probably wasn't working out as much or going, I wasn't going to the gym. I, you know, I was just, you know, work continuing to work, but also more virtual work. And, and so um, there was so much more mental preparation and our pelvic floor and our nervous system are are the same. We hold a lot of memories. We hold a lot of trauma in our pelvic floor. And so being able to relax a nervous system allows our pelvic floor to relax and our pelvic floor does not push the baby out. Mm. Our uterus does our pelvic floor and our pelvis just needs to get out of the way. And so um, we've got this beautiful, powerful uterus that can, is muscular and strong and we'll get that, we'll get that baby out. People who have spinal cord injuries can, can give birth. Um, and so um, that was really my focus this time around was one building that, su- that team of support, building the doula, my husband getting us all really um, together um and then working on more of that down training that ability to relax my mind relax my body i did um, use the gentle birth app all throughout this second pregnancy actually still use it it's it's (laughs) um and um really made that a a priority and um yeah i had a beautiful second birth Uh, i i wouldn't even really have defined it as painful Mm-hmm. Um, it was really cool. Like <laughs> as yeah. bizarre as that sounds. Um, I was moving intuitively, um, you know, vocalizing and, and trusting, you know, my body and, um, and yeah, almost didn't make it to the hospital. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, well, I love yeah. hearing people's birth stories and yeah. I'm sure you do as well. And I love talking to people about, pregnancy and birth and postpartum, because I think once this, ha- like you, you choose to do this, you just realize how much support you need and how traumatic this all is in general. Um, you know, how it can be lonely and how there aren't 
many resources out there like that are so crazily openly talked about. Like I was saying earlier, I felt like I had to really like hunt for them. Um, but I think what gorgeous lesson that I'm hearing from you is that you advocated for yourself and you really did that every step of the way. And you did that throughout your career as well after mm -hmm. you went through a traumatic birth. Um, on this show, I always ask people about their female allies. So mm -hmm. in this process, um, who were your female allies and how did they show up for you? And maybe you found new female allies along yeah. the way, but yeah. who where you're, who were and are your female allies? Yeah, so um, my my pelvic floor PT bestie is um, Addie Holzman. She's uh, also local to me here in North Carolina, um, and we we co-host a podcast called the Don't Beat Around the Bush podcast. I'm obsessed. <laughs> um, we um, so we have a really fun time on there. She's definitely she's had three births. Her like second child was or vaginal birth her second child was like almost 11 pounds she's like a, a oh my god like <laughs> warrior um and so she was definitely a huge uh support of me um, my doula um tumblebee doula she um was just like this like just amazing like doulas are incredible people yeah. um she just like was just there and was just offering like just this such so calming and and even throughout throughout pregnancy um yeah um I actually work at in Mama Stay Fit uh, I don't know if you follow Ma, uh, Gina and Mama Stay Fit mm -hmm. on on Instagram she's a, a doula and a, a strength conditioning coach um, so that's where I'm based out of now and so it's an amazing community of moms that can come with their kids and work out here and there's a chiropractor right next door and and public floor pt and um it's really really amazing um i have um I, yeah in this area we have so many um women who are interested in this area so i have a good friend named warren she's a strength conditioning coach that focuses on pregnancy and postpartum um and so um so many um so many, so many strong women who are, yeah. who were, I think we all kind of got into this work because we were changed by pregnancy and birth. And, um, we, we don't want others to have to go learn the hard way. <laughs> you I know. Know? We want other people to have this, have all the support and have all the resources because, um, not talking about it is how we ended up where we were at. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, oh my gosh, the, the list, the list goes on. <laughs> I know whenever I ask guests that question, it's the reason I ask is because it's such a beautiful display of community. Uh, and I think female allyship is just so critical in every aspect of our lives and women and, you know, people around us create such beautiful communities. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about through your experience. Um, I cannot believe we are at our hour that flew oh by so quickly. <laughs> I could talk to you forever about this. Like this is so awesome and incredible to learn about. Um, for 
those who might be trying to understand more about their pelvic floor um, and uh, maybe learn some new exercises, where can people find you if they want to connect with yeah. you? Yeah. So I am on mainly on Instagram. I do kind of, tr I try to remember when I can't to share to also to Facebook, but my um, Instagram handle is at Haley Kava PT, K-A-V-A. Um, and um, yeah, I, I like to post fun, silly reels on there. <laughs> <laughs> Very um, educational, important. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, my website is HaleyKavaPT.com. And so I've been trying and not doing anything every week out, but I have a newsletter that I try to put out every week. Um, but yeah, it's usually once a month. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and awesome. then, um, and then the, the don't beat around the bush podcast are kind of all the places that I like to hang out on online. Um, yeah. And I'm, I love answering questions. So every Wednesday I do like Q and A on my Instagram page. Um, and so I try to answer as many of the questions as I can, if not all of them, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm always happy to, to talk and talk and talk about this stuff. <laughs> well, I am too. It was incredible having you on the show and such a pleasure learning about your journey and how um, your journey impacted your whole life and your career. And yeah. now you're impacting other um, people who are giving birth. And I think the work that you do is life-saving because it's not just about the physical state of our bodies. It's about everything, our mental state, who we are, um, because I, we all need more support in this, in this area. I mean, this is how we all came into the world <laughs> through um, yep. a person giving birth to us. And this needs to be more supported in every step of the way. So I personally just want to thank you for the work that you do. Yeah, I was so you. excited to connect with you online and, yeah. um, you know, highlight your work because I just totally believe in it. So thank you for everything you, you do. And thank you for being on this show. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I love spreading the, the word on, on, on public health. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, well, we'll, we will put all of the information on how to connect with you in the show notes. And if you have questions for Haley, like, please reach out to her. Um, yeah. Would love to connect you with um, Haley. And uh, don't forget that your story matters and you matter. And um, Haley, I'm just so grateful you're on the show. Thank you so much. And Thank you. Yeah, we'll see you next time, guys. Bye.